and welcome to this week's episode of BWB Extra, where we get to know this week's guest, Leo Raymond, a little better. Leo is the founder and CEO of Eden Lab, who help make big companies more sustainable and sustainable companies much bigger. Leo's main points of focus include how green growth can spark the positive power of business, why clean share of market is essential to understand for customer risk, and the big one, eco-capitalism. So kick back and get to know more about the man who plans to remove 5 million tonnes of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere in the next five years. We sort of touched on this a bit, but how did you end up doing what you're doing? Um, I stared out the window during the lockdowns. I thought there must be more to life than this. Discovered I've known for a while, had to do something. I looked my son in the eyes and I thought, I've got to find a way to something useful. I've got to get involved. Where's the gap? And I saw a gap. Sustainability people weren't talking to the marketing people and commercial people properly. That's the gap. So I thought I'd fill it. The virus wasn't all bad, you know? A lot of people stared out the window. It makes you think about what the hell you're doing, you know what I mean? Well, the only time we ever had it before was Christmas, but the weird thing was the society stopped for half of society, and then, well, certainly my side of society yeah, yeah, just yeah. worked harder than we ever yeah, worked Christmas, in our lives. Yeah, but Christmas, you have to spend Christmas with your relatives. That was the, the beauty of lockdown was you couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, like, proper alone time. Amazing. Oh yeah, that was good. It was really good. <laughs> I think you could give yourself a you know a little lockdown once a year for a week, maybe. Well, I think we've all got addicted to it. Everybody, every generation is communicating less. Communicating is less. That right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my anecdotal surveying of three people has proved this absolute fact. I think you might have an answer to this. You see, you seem like you might have thought about this, uh, given you had some time to think about your life. What's your long-term goal? Um, <laughs> I want to make a difference and build a company that is like recognised that having genuinely changed how people think and behave and operate. So my kids proud You're of just it. Just a little goal then, you know. But then, the, but the real goal actually is to have an amazing space in the south of France where I can sit there and write, write and read books. Sorry, the evil part of my brain because you pause feels the real point of my life. Pause. I was just uh, filled that gap. With so a, many things to have sex in Vegas with a. <laughs> And like, you know, all these women, and then I'm going to like spend a week with Elvis. What's the most misunderstood thing about your job? The most misunderstood thing about my job, I think, is that um, all the sustainability people are like sandal-wearing activist nutters, and they kind of make your life hell. But they are, right? Well, some are, but like, and they're doing it for a good cause, really, but I think it doesn't have to be like that. And, you know, mainstreaming something is it doesn't look like that necessarily anymore. Biggest problem faced by your business. So this isn't the biggest problem faced by society. It's no, really, no, me. Yeah. Us. This is going to sound disingenuous and horrible. I don't really mean it that way. But look, I get, I'm getting a lot of approaches from people who are like, I'm really interested in what you're doing. I really love what you're doing. I'd love to find out more. Could and I'm you like, do it for free? Well, can you tell me all about that stuff? And I'm keen to help. And I'm like on an evangelical drive, but I also need to make money and make yeah. the whole thing work mm. and focus on where the problem really is and who can actually help, not just sort of sort out people. So... I'm really, I can't work out how to handle that sort of volume of interest. Like today on LinkedIn, silly thing, but like it went nuts on a thing I posted. It's going to make tomorrow really mad. How do you sort of satisfy yeah. the interest What did you post? Why marketers are not assholes, basically. Of course, that's clickbait for my community. They love that, so it's going to be massive. But I did it a few weeks ago, like why sustainability people should be sort of recognised for the efforts they're making. Boom, it explodes. It's amazing. That's what it feels like. You know, you're really going somewhere. You know your business is working. How do you not satisfy? But you have to take. You also presumably have to take the time to talk to all those individual people and work out whether they're. How do you do it? They're a goer or they're not. And I hate missing opportunity because yeah. it's I'm new. But um, I also think 
I don't know, I need to find a clever system, to be honest. If anyone can advise, do get in touch. <laughs> the way I've always done it is just talk to everyone and anybody. But if you work out quite quickly that they're pointless, cut the conversation short, move on. And also give them enough information that they know that they need help, but not enough information they can do it on their own. It's a fine line. Well, I know, I would say that quite differently. I, I tell someone whatever I can tell them in 20 minutes or an hour in a phone conversation, but that's what they're going to get, you know? No, but I could tell every, somebody everything they need to know in about 20 minutes. So. You couldn't, could you? I mean... Super concentrated, uh, maybe very taxes, Maybe tax is more complicated. But they have this thing, don't they say in small business, you've got to kiss a lot of frogs, right? And I'm like, how do you know which frog is a prince or a princess or which is just a regular book standard amphibian. <laughs> like it's I think, really, unfortunately, yeah. the answer is... Kiss them all. <laughs> you know, but 99 out of 100 frogs are just frogs. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar to quote Mr. Freud. But, you know, like most frogs are Great actually leap. frogs. There are very few princesses and princes out there. I was thinking about right? Freud. Yeah, I guess you're right. I was thinking about Freud because uh, I was, you know, it's so funny how, I mean, the main bit of when you read his stuff, the Ian, and you're kind of like, oh, the main thing that I'm, you, I just start laughing is when it's like, he believed everything was underpinned by a sexual desire. And why it makes me laugh is, as far as I'm aware, he was a cocaine addict for 40 years. I think? Yeah, I think so. And so he's on cocaine all the time. Of course everything's about <laughs> sex. What are you most excited about for your business? Um, oh, it's just so nice to be doing a thing that you believe in that aligns with where you think you're going. You oh, know God, it's on the right that. side of history. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're on the right side of history and your kids can be proud of you. That is... That feels special compared to like, yeah. I don't know what I don't well, know. Well, you're on the I mean, start of a long road of trying to get there. Yeah, someone it said feels... to me, you ain't going to see the outcome in your lifetime, which is a kind of a weird thought, but that's mm. kind of also quite cool. Because someone at some point, people work on cathedrals, don't they? Build that Sagrada yeah. Familia in Barcelona, they never saw the outcome. What an amazing project. The whole basis of children, right? Like you don't, you don't necessarily see, or you won't see your grandchildren and what they do when they're, you know, 50. Like you, the whole point of life is you don't see the outcome of what you do. Uh, hang on. Is it gladiator what we do echoes in eternity? <laughs> it is gladiator, right? At the start of gladiator. I'll, I'll say yes. You not I seen think it's good. I've seen gladiator. Unleash hell. I haven't yeah, got a, a, Unleash hell. I love that film. Yeah, but you know. You're the history buff. I like oh, it. Oh, when he makes the speech in the front. Yeah. But the, uh, it's what we do echoes in eternity. In you don't know what effect. And it would be amazing if the things you do now do echo in attention. Or at least you made an attempt. And then I don't know, maybe it's because I'm having my male menopause and reconsidering what the freak of my life's about. I don't know, but people say that's what happens, right? It'd be funny if you started going on a male testosterone replacement. You were like, oh, fuck the environment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't oil. Know, so like, Give me oil. I'm going to get a six litre Mercedes. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for Amstrad. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest cock-up? Uh, I took over a company, sort of fell into my lap. I was in charge of a lot of people. And How did a company fall into your uh, lap? Because the people in running it, my crew, basically, my bosses, basically left. And I was like, all Oh, right. I'm the last man standing. Kind of. It's mine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I took, and I had like an overnight moment to prepare, and that was it. It was like, doing done. Great business, actually. It was so good that I was like, oh, I've got to hold on to it and not let... How old were you at this point? Quite old. Okay. I don't know. It was like, this is like, uh, I don't know, 20, 2016. 30? 
16, I don't know, not that long ago, should have known better. But I held on to it and tried to hold it crystalline in my hand to not let it break, because it was perfect. Except so it exactly wasn't. As it was when and it was. needed to, and that was just the moment. We could have done anything, we were flying. And we did win and we did well, relatively speaking, but like, we could have well, gone What was the marketing harder. company? It was a big ad agency called Grey London that was super famous at the time, did loads of famous work. British yeah. Heart Foundation, Vinnie Jones, Lucas A, da 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 da, da lots of names. But, um, and they left, they did the board out. A couple of, my, couple of the guys, like three of them, went off to do their own startup, which happens in that world. You just left you? Were point? you the fourth? No, friend? there was like no, no, because it wasn't founders. It was like publicly owned. But um, me and like the remainder of the crew we were left, sort of holding the pieces and right deciding we, we loved it and we loved it a lot and wanted to keep it going. My point is more about when that happens, you've got to f- listen to your instinct and like believe in yourself and go for it. Don't try and hold on to some weird. Relic. Was part of that just not being brave enough? Yeah, not like lacking confidence. Yeah, definitely. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Ori Clark got its start back in 1935. And while the world has changed a bit, it's more than just survived. From complying with the FCA and all things financy, they can also speak fluently in the language of legalese. Ori Clark was born and raised right here in the UK And now for 20 years they've been helping others get set up and on their way Ori Clark's door's always open and happy to provide Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935 Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. What's your passion outside of business? I wrote cooking, cooking, cooking and wine. That sounds fine. (laughs) Not necessarily in that balance, probably. Cooking with wine. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So do you do a lot of the cooking at home? I do, actually. I mean, since lockdown, we did a lot more of it. What's your your signature dish? (sighs) I made an amazing roast chicken with um, preserved lemons and harissa all like growing oh, yeah. up. Whoa, 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 this is precious. It's good. Day. It's nice. Very simple, actually, and easy to do. Just whiz it all up. It's actually really easy. It tastes amazing. Kids, Even the kids eat it. What's the worst advice you've ever been given? And this is true. Get a good pen. Who told you that? <laughs> Some sales dude. I was in sales my first job, more or less, second job. And he was like, I said, what's the secret? <laughs> And I, was, I think he meant get a Mont Blanc, go to meetings and act big and you'll sort of do all right. I didn't obviously do that. There was a time that it was like that. You know, the Filofax and the fountain pen. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, I mean, not as kind of memorable in some ways, but um, someone said to me, a lovely man said to me, you should get some P&L experience. Because I've been sitting in these jobs where you weren't running money. You know what I mean? He's laughing. Experience. But like get in charge of yeah. be in charge of like profit and loss and feel the fa- yeah. failure and pain of loss because I think yeah. and cost because it's it then it's visceral for you and you understand. You could have meant pain is. and loss experience, couldn't you? <laughs> 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 My first album was called Profit and Loss. Yeah. But I just did work jobs where I didn't have to retake responsibility for that stuff for many years, and actually I think it's sort of dodging the issues. Is Eden Lab just you or do you have employees? No, I've got my director about to make another hire and I've got some associates so yeah it's building up so you've got responsibility the plan is to build a company people. yeah did my first payroll this month end of January it's nightmare because I think once once you're responsible for other people it get, the shit gets real right yeah I sort of, I like having a gang really I think it's more fun that way I don't want to be on my own extrovert extrovert he's an there extrovert he definitely identified. he wants people in the office 
All hours. All hours. Dogs are all right. <laughs> there is no office. But not Dave's dog. Not after last time. I'll never get that off the rug. <laughs> I don't know that I'm an introvert because I like people. I like spending time with people. I just also like, a, you know, and when I, no, I can no, remember. Um, that's the misunderstanding. Introvert and extra doesn't mean whether you're social or not. It means you get energy from being with people. So you could build up your energy on your own and then party for two days, but then you're like, I've had enough of people. Whereas me and him would be like, what's going on on day three on the planner? But I mean, I can remember, <laughs> I can remember being in my 20s and my boyfriend had gone on a walking holiday with his dad. My parents were away for the weekend. My sister was away. And my flatmate was out. God knows where frankly. And I remember sitting in my flat on a, like a Saturday morning, literally crying because I was like, I'm going to be on my own for the whole weekend. What the fuck am I going to do? And now, if you said to me, Pippa, you're going to be on your own for the whole weekend, I'm like, yes. Actually, if you told me that now after I've got two young kids. You and might have been quite seen, happy, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. God. Maybe you're an But I'd have people round. <laughs> I'd have people around. The people I'm not allowed around normally. I would normally see... Like that's the, maybe that's the difference because I would go out to lunch with somebody but I wouldn't have them around my oh flat because then they might not leave. It's, I, you know what I'd love to do is tell my wife that she's... And the trouble she'd You're worry about right the kids. As a man, I can kind of go like... I'll just forget about it. That's apparently the power of testosterone. I can just park my emotions. I can just say, oh, I'll think, think about that next Tuesday. I care. Really? But I, yeah. That's what testosterone well, does. Well, the lady who does the injections turning men into women and women into men, she was on this amazing program I With watched an years injection. ago. Well, the first, if you want to change your sex... Phil, the there's more to it than that. Yeah, well, the first, if you want to change your sex, the first thing they do is they give you yeah, women no, no. or whatever. And the, 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 the man turning into a woman was like, yeah, well, so, you know, I went to the, um, I went to get my in the supermarket and came around the corner it was so much choice and I just start breaking down I don't know what cereal I want and the woman turning into a man said yeah well you know I was eating dinner and this they rang up my friend we had an argument that you know we hung up and normally that's it but I thought this dinner's delicious I'll have dinner I'll watch a film and I'll think about it later and she said in the morning I woke up and was like that bitch you know and she was like this is how men seem like they don't care because they, they actually don't give a shit. Well, no, we have the testosterone <laughs> gives you the, a decisiveness, and it's just it's a sort of warlike thing. I get the feeling you well, need to get an evolutionary biologist on. My that. point isn't anything. This person, I can't even remember, was a man or a woman. I think he was a woman, uh, but was saying, you know, that people talk a lot about what sex is, but I can tell you, as someone who gives the injections and deals with these people. Most of it's hormonal. But you're right, you know? there is an that whole thing. An enormous amount of testosterone gives you confidence, you're very decisive, you lose your hair on top, you understand, you know, you know. I'm not got a very high testosterone. I know that because I can't decide when you give me a menu. You know, I can't work it out. <laughs> Take a while. Sound <laughs> why you always go to the same restaurant because you it's know what right, man. I've had high testosterone people, for God's sake, man, put yourself together and make a decision. <laughs> I have. Uh, what advice did you give to your younger self? Oh, um, don't be riven by self-doubt and just give it a go because what's the worst that can happen? Trouble is, you'd have to look really successful when you delivered that to your younger self, wouldn't you? You know, you'd have to drive up in a gold Mercedes. If you came up on a little broken <laughs> bicycle... Sorry, <laughs> actually, actually, you'd be better to look like a complete waste of space you think, fucking hell, follow his you advice. Exactly. That guy knows. You should not do what I did. Yeah. No, I think I, I read this thing when I was thinking about what to do next like in my life and it said... It's going to sound shit, but it was one of those podcasts and it said... Um, what would you dare to do if you weren't kind of, I don't know, riven with self-doubt and blah, blah, blah. And that's a really powerful question, though, for me. For me, it was a powerful question. Like, what would you dare to do? Oh, if you were American. Yeah. See, my thing would have been, my immediate reaction to that is, 
fuck the fuck off. <laughs> you know, what would I dare to do? I like, there are things that limit all of us. Yeah, but no, if it's an internally I imposed fake limit. American, I have American to say, I, it wasn't an American podcast. I think, if you want it enough, you can have it. It wasn't no, really you like can't. that. No, it was more like, I'm with you and I'm with you. And I'm not trying to like make you friends. <laughs> Maybe I am, but I really am. I think there really are two versions of that reality. I think, you know, if we all try and aspire to be movie stars, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like no, it's Simon no. Cowell when they come up on stage and want to be a singer. It's like, you can't sing and you're ugly. Get off the stage. I just, I don't know. I just think like we spend our lives kind of second guessing ourselves but, and not doing what we're capable of. But not at fulfilling the same attention. time, if you're, if you, we are bound by our fears, yeah, but you should, you should definitely ask yourself the question and put forward to those who love you and 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 want you to do well. Some of the things that you're like, look, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit, but you know, I quite like to be a rapper. And as I'm consistently told, it's not going to happen. But you know, it's you know, but um, you know, your 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 friends would limit you. You know, your love, your true love ones. And she don't see your friends, true love ones, whatever that means to you. Any read? I read. I like that book, Four Thousand Weeks by Oliver Berkman. Have you seen that? Say that again. Four Thousand Weeks by Oliver Berkman. It's brilliant. And it's kind of, it's like a, it's like an attack on this productivity bullshit. And it's like, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna do list, yeah? You're never gonna finish it, you're gonna die. That's kind of one of the bits of the book. <laughs> it's quite good though. It's like, well, stop worrying about it. I don't know, I found it very powerful at the time. I was like, I had a big to-do list. I think the 4,000 weeks thing is, is, is yeah, it's, it's good. It's a great to, read It's as good well. to tick them off and slowly get depressed. This brings us to the favourite part of the show, the business versus bullshit quick far round. D. Thank you, the music. This is where we're going to reel off some key terms. Now we've got them on cards. All you have to do is tell us whether you think it's business or bullshit. And if you're on the fence about it, and if you really must, maybe once or twice we'll allow you to say biz shit. <laughs> I love Pippa's that. particularly pleased you won this shit biz. Shit biz is what I would have <laughs> voted for. Uh, Leo, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's go. Going viral. Bullshit. Sounds hot. Bullshit. Flexible working. Uh, business. Breakfast meetings. Definitely business. MBAs. Bullshit. Think tanks. Uh, probably bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, I don't know. Do you know any good think tanks? No, but I like the idea of them. Uh, yeah, maybe. Chatham House, quite interesting. You always think, you think it's a fish tank though, right? I think of a tank tank. Oh, I think of a tank tank. Oh, maybe it's me that thinks of a fish tank. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, Microdosing. Oh, yeah, business, I think, probably. Yeah, you checked it out? No, uh, not, I'm trying to get older. Uh, team outings. Business. Have you had one yet? I'm not with like a four. Yeah, we did a big Christmas party. I mean, there wasn't many of us, but it was a big party. It's only five what, months in. You've had a Christmas party it? already. The hours that it went on for. Okay. Well, I had a lot to celebrate. Oh, it's nice when it's just three of you. Yeah. We've still got asked to come. Universal income. Oh, yeah, we do. Probably business. Oh, I uh, like that. Asking favours. Yeah, business. Yeah. NFTs. Bullshit. Should say that. Uh, working hours. Bullshit. Business plans. Bullshit. Yes. Bitcoin. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, I love these answers. Very good answers. There's a lot of bullshit. Well, it's not, is it? We've lost a lot of money. Oh, well done. Excellent. That was brilliant. That's the end of the quick fire round. 
So that was this week's episode of BWB Extra, and we'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday. Until then, it's goodbye. Goodbye.